Hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Going to continue talking about the postseason. Well, everybody's in the second round now, and we got some nice matchups to talk about in segment number two. Of course, won't go heavily super in-depth into all the matchups because this is a Minnesota Wild show. The first segment will be all about the Minnesota Wild, St. Louis Blues, and of course, as I only have one game to talk about at this stage, we were caught up to uh, the three games to one stage. You had game five coming up, all excited going into that one, hoping they could turn the tide of the series and, well... Yeah, uh, after that, uh, well, we'll talk about uh, the Wilds uh, offseason a little bit. Kind of the situations as we come forward. Who may stay, who may go, that type of thing. And who's stuck here until hell freezes over three times over. Uh, that type of deal. But um, some nice matchups in the second round. Really, absolutely. That's in the second number two. Let's get into segment number one. As, yes, we were all excited going into game number five. And the first period, things started out pretty yucky to say the least, and the Wild ended up losing the series after a valiant comeback, uh, four games to one, to the vaunted St. Louis Blues. I mean, that's freaking awful. It is. um, It is. Uh, Boudreaux was more honest when he said that. Uh, For some reason, during the course of the series, I don't know. um, I don't understand. uh, Other than, I guess, you want to be nicer, Minnesota nice-ish, to the the fragile psyche of this team. But... uh, Nah, it was just freaking awful. It, nah, it just sucked. Uh, see, like, Jake Allen was was great in the net, and and, and the St. Louis Blues have big defense, uh, big big defensemen, and and Mike Yo knows every move. He knows our every move. He makes, nah, nah, we just sucked. We lost four games to one. Okay, yes, the St. Louis Blues played well. Yes, the Wild were in every game. Yes, we had 950 shots on goal in game number one. Yes, we outshot the Blues 950 times throughout the... Okay, same thing over and over. Sorry. But, uh, yeah, um, it looked like we might have been starting to solve J.K. I mean, we wow, we, we kind of built things up. I mean, you had two goals in game number uh, four. That was awesome. Um, <laughs> but it was like you're already down three games to one at that stage. So it didn't really matter. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> but you never know. The whole hope was, yeah, let's, we can turn things around, all this tide, tide, turn the tide, and Mike Yo, yeah, talk about fragile psyche, you know. Well, it's not that fragile, and the Blues survived anyway, so, I don't know. Um, the way the Wolves, the Wolves, the way the Wild came out on Saturday, the 22nd of April, it was dog dookie to, to, uh... <laughs> lack of a better word, and uh, the fact I don't really want to go get too vulgar here, but um, yeah, my uh, Bruce, Bruce, you have the honors. Well, how did we start things out in that first period? Freaking awful. Now, where was this in the press conference? You know, rather than, you know, we uh, were the better team, we just didn't win four games. Well, you know, and I know you've heard the sound by it probably on other local radio stations, so I'm not going to have it right now. That was in the press conference after the game. The press conference, uh, Today, like the State of the Wild, so to speak. This is like a miniature pre-State of the Wild. This is an appetizer to the show we're going to do come up in June after the Stanley Cup final or finals, however you want to say it. I like to say finals, but I guess professionally they say final now because it's just so cool sounding for whatever reason. Um, but it was quite milk toast. They're a little, little, they're a little kind of wrapping a bow on the season. It was quite milk toast, like wholesale changes. Hell no, we're not doing that. Blah blah blah. But yes, there's encouragement. Yeah, there, there's the next wave. So you had the first wave, and that was encouraging enough to bring in Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, we'll get to that in a minute. Let's just talk about this game first. Wrap it up. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko hadn't scored the whole series, but then 7 minutes and 16 seconds into that first period, he did. And I, I don't know. It's just He just did. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. Alexander Steen, not even 3 minutes later, and it's 2 nothing before half the fans even are in their seats. Great way to start things out. And, you know, I'm sure St. Louis is more about putting the throat, putting the boot on the throat of the Minnesota Wild, but do you have to come out like dog dookie like this? Does it have to be this way? Paul Stansney also, boy, he hadn't played the whole series. He's, he's always hurt. Ever since he got to St. Louis, he's been Mr. Injury. You know, and this is off a terrible play by Devin Dubnik. Just, what, what's he doing? It was like he was Jake Allen in game number two. Like, what kind of dumb, skull-dumb BS is this? But it was what it was. And I'm sorry for all you Minnesota Nicers out there and lots of uh, 
Wild fans that are going to come out and say thanks for the great season. Thanks for the great regular season, yes, but what the hell was this dog dookie postseason? Like, what What the hell? Did, did you expect to win one game and lose four to the St. Louis Blues? I mean, it's like they have names, but, eh, you know, this isn't that great of a hockey team anymore. I mean, they're, they're not. And, uh, no, I mean, <laughs> Shattenkirk is gone. Backus would have been past his prime if he's still around. But, yeah, he's gone too. This and that. Uh, Stansny's always hurt until he finally conveniently came back. Tarasenko's a huge name, but then again, I don't know. It's also a possibility. It also gives you hope that maybe there, there is a Tarasenko in the wild system because of the possibility you can take a talented guy like that in the later half of the first round. It's just harder. That's all. Maybe Luke Cunning is that guy. Maybe. I'm not sure it's, it's Yuletide Erickson Eck. Yule Erickson Eck or uh, Mr. Uh, Alex Tuck, but maybe. Uh, but, yeah. You, you know, it's like, yes, Ryan Suter added that power play goal. Nice to see Spurgeon. He finally got one assist. He just doesn't, didn't get enough points in this series, and that's too bad. But awesome defense. Awesome smart play. Jared Spurgeon is just about my favorite player in this team. I mean, I just, I, I love, you know, he is my favorite player on this team. As much as I like Mikhail Granlin, <clears throat> I'm encouraged about this guy, encouraged about that guy. When Coyle's at his best, I just love him, but he wasn't as good in this game. Uh, Scandella had a significant drop-off in this game, too. Just significant mistakes and just not as good, not as sharp. Hall is a guy I've always been a fan of. He finally got one point in the frickin' series, and that was on Jason Zucker's awesome... Uh, game tying call. He was the best player in this game and the best play, pretty much the best player of the last two games. I actually did predict he was the most likely guy to score in game number five. Uh, Zucker, you could just see things kind of trending in that direction. Zucker, nice. Uh, good to see Koivu again on that wonderful power play unit, which was so productive during the season, but I don't know, but the later half, later stages of the season, it completely vanished out. When you have Granlin, Niederreiter with Koivu, it's a great, great trio. Um, and then people are wondering why Granlin unable to score. Yeah, he did have his second assist on that power play goal by Koivu, but it turns out he had a broken hand the whole freaking time. Um, so, yeah, Mikhail Granlin was playing hurt, and that explains the drop-off. That explains the lack of productivity from Mikhail Granlin. Couldn't even control the puck because his hands all bleeped up. So, I don't know. That kind of sucks. Um, would it have given us the series? Hell no. Uh, but, well, who knows? Maybe. Maybe. Um, but I, <laughs> maybe the Wild would have been would have made it closer. And then when you make it closer, the momentum turns. And I don't know. It, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. And, and then you have horrible mistakes by Dumba along the way as well. Just Dumba looks like a dumbass out there. He just makes me so frustrated. And see, it's situations like this, you know, where, and and, you know, again, I'm emotional right now. I'm still pissed off, even though the game wasn't like yesterday. It was a couple days back, but I'm still pissed off about this. I'm pissed off at the situation we're in right now. Are we plateauing? Are we stuck here? Are we stuck here forever? Are the wild at a dead end? And do check out episode number 8 way, way, way back in the day since every single Brave the Wild episode is now available dating all the way back to 2008. It's just pretty cool. But um, no, the Wild aren't at a dead end in terms of their front office, or excuse me, in terms of their system. There is a wave coming where back in 08 there was absolutely nothing. I mean, you had Matt Cassian, basically, and that guy never played hardly a lick in the league. Colton Gillies was crap. Uh, Tyler Kuma was hurt. When he was healthy, he was just meh. So... It just kind of leaves you in that situation. But um, (laughs) what I'm trying to lead into here with all these tentacles coming in is, see, the one year the Wild stunk after a nice start. Everybody got hurt, and I mean everybody got hurt. This is pre-Parisi and all that. Uh, Mike Yo's rookie year with the uh, Minnesota Wild as head coach. You had guys like Warren Peters leading the way. Yeah, you know, AHL guy like Warren Peters. Yeah, guys like that. And Brozniak had a huge season because he was the only center healthy on the roster that was an NHL caliber guy. Uh, that led to a contract year and all that. Gave him a nice uh, extension. <clears throat> I'm sure not too many people want to hear the name of Brozniak right now. Pardon me if I'm coughing to death here. <clears throat> Pardon me. Mm. But um, to the point, the Wild could have had a wonderful draft pick. That might have been a good year to get one. And you end up dropping because you win like three of the last three games of the season. Oh, goody. And you wind up with Matt Dumba. Skilled offensively, just an enigma defensively and decision-making, IQ and all that. 
not adding up to me right now, and he's a guy that is going to be available to Vegas, and that doesn't mean they'll take him, but he will be available. Uh, other names will be available as well, um, but ultimately, when the, when this game went to overtime and the Wild weren't able to finish on a couple of nice uh, surges there in that third period, you just kind of had this stinking feeling that they're not going to win. Uh, several surges into the overtime, and Allen was stopping everything. Just He just happened to be there, happened to be around, and no matter what, lucky bounce, whatever it was. Allen was there, and it didn't matter. And then Marcus Paharvey was able to finish the job and send the St. Louis Blues to, well, to host the Nashville series. Isn't that something? St. Louis Blues now get to host a series, and this will be the last series they'll host unless they play the Ottawa Senators, and in the sound like a final, and I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> Rangers would have home ice. Penguins and Capitals would have home ice. So, whatever. Um, but St. Louis and a chance to get back to the West Finals in back-to-back seasons. Pretty impressive. Will they? I don't know. Um, both of these teams really kicked uh, the number one and number two seed in the Western Conference's ass. So, I don't know. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Will Pekka Rene be... It, de- it depends who's going to be the hotter goalie or are they both going to be hot? And as we're talking 1-0 triple overtime type of games and whoever loses, say, a 1-0 triple overtime game in game one is probably screwed, just like the Wild were in that first game. But, man, I am bouncing everywhere. I'm very emotional right now, and it's just, you know, I'm not Minnesota Knights. I have a little more of a Boston, New York type of personality. I'd say New York more than Boston, even, type of personality. I want to win, and I express myself more. I'm not just, oh, rah, rah, re, everything's okay, and St. Louis got lucky, and this and that. No, I mean, you know, sometimes you got to freaking finish. And the Wild did finish, and they made a valiant comeback. But it's just it's it's just adorable. You know, same old thing. Like, the Wild make that adorable comeback against the Stars last year, and they still freaking lost. So, ah, uh, whatever. So, as you jump into the offseason, is this team stuck in a plateau? Is this team stuck in a plateau right now because obviously you can't draft high because you're kind of hanging around and now this year you're really not going to draft high with that strong regular season which I did enjoy the hell out of and that was fun and all that and it was nice damn home ice but there's all kinds of analytics you can jump into this thing and the wild home ice uh, the wild home ice in the postseason has been pretty freaking awful as uh, Mr. Boudreaux would say. In fact, only once, and I mean once, the Wild have protected home ice in a good way, and that was the 2014 series against the National Predators. Or excuse me, what am I saying? The Colorado Avalanche. Um, remember the Wild, you figure, okay, we've been protecting home ice, so will, and then they lost Game 6 at home to the Blackhawks. We understand the Blackhawks are what they are, but still, you know, I mean, you hope the Wild could have finished things. They would have moved on to play the Kings, who went on to beat the Blackhawks that next round and won the Stanley Cup for the probably the final time with the firing of Daryl Sutter. I don't know what the hell the Kings are doing. That was a mistake. Huge mistake by the Kings. You fired Daryl Sutter. Genius. Really. You know, I mean, they'll, 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 they'll never win the Cup again. Maybe not in the next 20 years. But uh, are the Wild in a situation where they won't win the Cup in the next 20 years? With these stupid contracts, Zach Carisi and... Uh, Suter, you know, you applauded it at the time. It was so exciting, so generous. What a nice, nice, generous owner we have. But then you're anchored with these guys for 13 bleeping years. And Parisi's already declining like a Danny Heatley. And it's scary. You pray to God he'll have a nice renaissance. But how long will that renaissance last? I do predict Parisi will have a renaissance at some point. But uh, hopefully next year. But will it last beyond that? Or is it just like a huge drop-off? Um... Lots of stuff to think about. Uh, the next wave coming in. Who do you bring back? Who you know? You have restricted free agents in Mikhail Granlin, Eric Halla, and Nino Niederreiter Zucker possibly going to Vegas. Maybe not. Otherwise, he'd be a restricted free agent after next year. Uh, Charlie Coyle is inked all the way through uh, 2019. 3.2 mil per. Reasonable, um, not cheap, but reasonable. Koivu is inked for one final year next year, and then he is a UFA. But 6.75 million dollars. Um, and of course he is protected by force. He will not be playing for the Vegas Knights unless he's traded to the Vegas Knights and waives the no trade offer. Same with Mr. Parisi, same with Ryan Suter and Jason Pominville. You hope Jason Pominville will at least waive that deal so he can be unprotected because 
why would the Vegas Knights take on a $5.6 million contract the next three years? You know, so it's just one of those things. I don't think Palmanville has to worry about playing for Vegas. And, you know, and I don't know. Maybe you want to leave anyway. No, I'm kidding. Uh, the Wild have Chris Stewart inked into next year still, which I think is unfortunate at this stage. $1.15 million into 2017. Ryan White restricted free, or excuse me, unrestricted. $1 million was paid this year, and out he goes. Another restricted free agent, or two more of note that are quite interesting coming in, are Jordan Schrader and Christian Fulling. Do you keep either one of those guys? Do you keep both of them? I expect the Wild to keep Christian Foling. Uh, Nate Prosser is a uh, unrestricted free agent. Are you going to keep him for like pinch, pinch defense duty, or what's the deal? Of course, Darcy Kemper is on his way out. Mister Stalock is signed to a National Hockey League contract, not a two-way deal like Ulrich Zinek at this stage. Six hundred fifty thousand the next two years for Mister Alex Stalock. He is at this point well. Uh, He's the backup for now, and then they'll bring in somebody possibly to compete with him. Jared Spurgeon inked for three more years at over $5 million a year. Very happy to have Jared Spurgeon. Just overjoyed to have him on board. Of course, Brodine has signed until the cows come home. Over f- almost $4.2 mil for him. Marco Scandella, don't forget, $4 million a year. For Marco Scandella, I don't think he's played up to his contract the last couple of years. Um, so it's like you put that into thought as you make Marco Scandella available to Las Vegas. Do they want to take on that kind of contract with the way Scandella has been producing for this team? I mean, he's not even a 20-point guy, and I don't see him as this Richard Madvichuk anchor defenseman, which I think the Minnesota Wild absolutely, positively, desperately need. Uh, Richard Madvichuk, big, strong, physical defenseman of the Minnesota uh, North Stars in the past, almost said Wild, or a Willie Mitchell anchor defenseman for the Wild in the past. Sean O'Donnell, somebody like that, but Willie Mitchell, the perfect physical defenseman, is the kind of player the Wild need right now. Um, Spurgeon is a skilled guy, smaller guy, but just skilled as bleep on both ends of the ice. Uh, You know, he had 38 points this year, so... People say he doesn't score enough, but 38 still pretty damn good. It's just not in the 50 range like a Suter, so harder for him to be a Norris Trophy candidate. Suter had some awful moments in this series. He had some okay moments. Dumba just drives us all crazy. He is a restricted free agent after next season if he does not end up with the Vegas Knights. Two guys most likely to go to, go to the Knights at this stage would be Matt Dumba or Jason Zucker, depending on who is protected out of those two. I think it's going to be one of those two going to the Vegas Knights, in my humble opinion, unless they take Dubnik, which some people may welcome openly. <laughs> Don't think that's going to happen, though. He's inked through 2020 at basically four and a third million dollars. Literally a third, because it's just three, three, three until hell freezes over with that one. Um, man, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Chris Stewart's a guy, you know, I don't want, I, I don't even want him back. You know, he had some moments this year. But everybody's going to tell you, this guy doesn't even fit in this league anymore. I mean, his style of play isn't what it was. I mean, he's an early 90s style of player, that kind of that physical kind of guy who lacks in the speed department. He's got a, he's got some decent scoring ability, but he, he just doesn't fit in this fast league right now. Um, and it depends on who's ready with this next wave. You, Erickson Eck, does he look ready? You know, he did for a minute starting out the year, and he did for a minute when he came back, too. No, not really. He's just kind of there. He's just kind of part of the scenery. And how good is Yul Eriksson going to project? Is he, most people are saying the best he'll, he'll be is a, a second-line center. Now, that's not bad, but then again, that's all the Wild have is a second-line center. Koyo is a second-liner. Koivu is a second-liner. Hanzel, which, yeah, there's no way. I don't think there's any chance he's coming back. He, again, like Chris Stewart, I think he's too slow for this league right now, especially if you're going to compete for a championship Maybe a Martin Hansel would have fit in with the Los Angeles Kings and say fourth line center for their Stanley Cup team a few years back. That's about it. Eric Halla, do you want to make room for a Yul Eriksson Ek, for a uh, Alex Tuck, for a Luke Kunin? Are they ready? Are they not? Eric Halla, are you pleased with what Eric Halla brought this year? Are you pleased with how Halla went into the postseason? Um, yes, he got hurt, but shoot, he doesn't look good. Eric Halla doesn't look good. He got hurt in Game 2, missed Game 3, the Wild played great, came back for Game 4, and just, meh, well, he, he got an assist, and he was okay. He was he was all right, but he couldn't finish the whole damn time, and he couldn't finish the whole damn season. Do you want to just let Eric Halla go, or do you want him back? Kind of a tough one. 
Um, he's a nice fourth-line center in this league. He can be a good third-line center in this league. But it's, again, you're kind of stuck in a conundrum here where, I don't know, none of these guys are stars. Not one of them are. And are any of these young guys ready to take the next step? Um, Alex Tuck's got wonderful hands. He reminds me of Eric Stahl quite a bit with that, that quick, saw, smart style out there. It's like he, he's, he's got such quick hands. He'll, he'll, lull you, he'll lull you to sleep. Or he looks slow, and then he'll just flip that puck right past your, your shoulder, which is awesome. So, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm impressed with uh, what Alex Tuck can bring long term. And, of course, yeah, again, that reminds me of Eric Stahl. The quick hands, he'll lull you to sleep, and then just whoop, flip that puck right past your shoulder. Which, again, I love about uh, Alex Tuck and Eric Stahl. But is Alex Tuck ready to be an NHL player? Um, he developed nicely for the AHL's Iowa Wild, and he was clutch. He had several game-winning goals this season, at least six, which is pretty good for a team that isn't that great. And a guy who missed some time with shoulder injuries and just kind of started out the season kind of, you know, kind of mediocre kind of mediocre at best. Um, all kinds of possibilities opening here. Again, Mikhail Granlin. What's the decision on Mikhail Granlin, Nita Ryder, uh, and Halla? Those are important guys. That uh, Do you leave the spot open? Do you figure Mikhail Granlin is not worth signing to a, a long-term deal for a lot of money? How much is he going to demand? Is he going to try to get over five mil a year? Because I can't, you know, is he going to basically replace Pominville's contract, or even try to go higher than that? I don't know, man. I'm scared to do that right now. I love what Mikhail Granlin bought to this brought to this team this year. The 69 points and all that. Um, and it's interesting now with the broken hand, where a lot of us thought, well, he didn't produce in the postseason. Where, well, maybe he would have if he didn't get hurt, but. Ultimately, though, can you trust Mikhail Granlin long-term with a long deal? And it's just you want to sign another long deal. A coil at 3.2 for the next three years is not that bad. It's just you just wish the son of a biscuit would be more consistent. That, that's all. Just more consistent. Um, so, again, several decisions need to be made. Need a writer. How much is he going to demand? 57-point season. Strong. You might end up sticking with Niederreiter and letting Granlin rock, but then again, ah, uh, the conundrum again. What if Granlin goes to Calgary or something and has 80 points next year? Or is he going to get signed for five, six, seven million dollars? I don't think seven, but you get the idea. And is he going to regress back to 55, 48, you know, that type of thing, be an oft injured meh guy, which a lot of us saw Koivu as half the time, and he's about a. He, He's only about a 50-point guy in this league, even though his defense is great, and he's got some leadership qualities, even though he's a very quiet leader. Um, he's finally going to be a free agent after next year, and hopefully you can get him down to a more reasonable contract, like $3 million as he gets older. But we're not even thinking about next year's uh, free agency yet. We're thinking about this year. Interesting situations rising up here as you go into the offseason. Uh, Luke Cunning, I think... See, they, they want to keep him in the AHL, but maybe maybe he is good enough. He seemed to adjust pretty quickly to the AHL. Eight points in 12 games, including a hat trick. Now, again, you take out that one game, and you're talking... <laughs> you're talking five points in 11 games, so not quite as good. That's the one thing. Was it just a hot night? Uh, that sounds kind of funny, but... Um, I, I don't know. I say probably have to let Luke Gunnan develop. Of course, there's other free agents out there that are going to be available, which we'll talk about in the at a later date in the State of the Wild. Maybe even, we'll even talk about it briefly, probably in some of these postseason shows that I'm going to do from time to time in these rainy days, rainy days, rainy nights, and all that good stuff. So, man, <clears throat> it's not my pocketbook, but, man, I would just be so tempted to buy out Chris Stewart if you can. I mean, you know, the 1.15 contract, it's not the most expensive thing in the history of the world. I'd buy him out. You know, he, he, he might be the coolest guy ever, but he's not bringing anything to this team, and I'd consider letting him go. Um, Brodeen is, you know, that's the other thing. <clears throat> Brodeen's a talented guy, but do you think Vegas is going to take on 4.66? You know, 4166000 I don't know, like maybe, and it's a, it's a long-ass contract. I think they're actually less likely to take on Scandella. They they might scoop up Rodin because he's young, and he does show a lot of promise out there, even though he's still kind of, he's still kind of, you know, uh, kind of wacky, kind of weird out there. 
Uh, Scandella's got a rocket of a shot, but he's so damn inconsistent, and $4 million per. We're talking $12 million remaining on that contract, which in the National Hockey League is a pretty good contract, pretty, pretty high contract uh, compared to the NBA. That's chump change. You could be like the 12th man on the bench making $4 million a year, which is insane um, in the NBA. It's absolutely crazy. So um, you're left at a conundrum here, and who's going to get taken, this and that. But that's how it is. Um, like they say, there will be changes. Some of these guys won't be back. One of Niederreiter, Nino Niederreiter and Granlin, I have a feeling one of those two guys won't be back because you can't keep signing these huge-ass contracts. And both of them are going to want probably five years. Uh, damn it, I, I can't do this right now if I'm Chuck Fletcher because you're stuck with the Jack frickin' Parisi and Ryan Suter contracts. It's just looking more and more and more like the Minnesota Timberwolves. Minnesota sports fans, you know what I'm talking about. Kevin Gar. Net. That's right. You sign him to that huge contract, and you're stuck with that huge-ass contract, and you have a hell of a time making moves after that. Um, you're stuck with Parisi and Suter. I mean, it's like Kevin Garnett. You're signed until hell freezes over twice. You're stuck with them. So they'll keep you too good to get a super high draft pick. They'll keep you too close to the cap ceiling to sign a major free agent. And uh, you're just praying to God that uh, Chuck Fletcher drafts well. And then you trade away first-round picks to uh, make everybody happy, so to speak, because we're all in, baby. And it's Martin Bleepenhansel, who's not a bad player, but he did not make this team better. Or did he? No, he didn't. He did not make this team better. He was okay in the playoffs. He was below average the remainder of the season when he was brought to the Minnesota Wild, though. And Ryan White, as Brent Jacobson would say, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. No. Brent Jacobson, of course, is a buddy of mine, so giving him a quick shout-out. And, uh, yep, he's been a very loyal listener of most of my, uh, basically all three of my shows, uh, Timberwolves Explosion and, of course, Purple Mafia. He, he's, he interacts the most with Purple Mafia sometimes at this show. I hope he's a listener to this one. Not sure. Uh, Jordan Schrader, you know, I feel so bad for that guy. I mean, he got completely shafted in this playoffs. You know, Ryan White... Come on, Boudreau. Why are you playing Ryan White? So many boneheaded, BS, stupid, bleep, bling, blankety, blank mistakes. Huge penalties that cost your team games. Huge penalties that lead to power plays. They drop them. They drop any momentum we may have had. Turns it over into negative energy. Forgive my lame kind of conversation there, but literally, it is negative energy. It brings everybody down. They're frustrated. They're thinking about it. And bam, power play St. Louis. And let the Saints come marching in like they used to play in St. Louis years ago. Um, that was so annoying, wasn't it? <laughs> I'll take Press Bonanza any day over that garbage. But uh, frick the Saints, man. And Adrian Peterson and all that. Okay, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, that gives you an idea when I'm recording, right? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Um <laughs> Decisions, yep, there will be there will be changes, of course. You'll see a new face, new face or two on this roster, and maybe it's a super young guy. Uh, Carson, yeah, well, I, I can mention this now because the whole second segment's going to be just uh, National Hockey League. It's not going to be wild anymore. Carson Soucy did ink a two-year uh, contract on, as of April 12th. Somehow that one slipped through, and I really apologize. I was looking, too, and I, I don't know what the hell happened. It just slipped right on through. Of course, Kloos has a... Two-year, $1.85 million contract with the Wild as well. Wild slash Iowa slash Minnesota, that type of deal. Uh, Luke Cunning, three years. More in, more of a legitimate entry-level contract. Uh, $4.275 million contract coming in. So that's always exciting. Uh, at this stage, it's two-way two because he's in, uh, he is in Iowa. Um, so it's going to be exciting to see uh, Mr. Luke Cunning come up at some point. Will he, will he not? I hope so. We'll be very happy. Um, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Justin Clouse, I did mention, right? Two years, $1.85 million contract again with the Iowa Wild and can also come up to Minnesota, but his production level at the AHL level non-existent. Dmitry Sokolov did score a goal in his second game, and he only got to play two with Iowa. Hopefully, most likely, Dmitry Sokolov can continue in the AHL next year, and you go from there. Kirill Kaprizov, we're all hoping for the best there. There could be the best fifth-round draft pick in wild history, and Carson Susti could be the second-best one. 
nice, strong physical defenseman. Big, six foot three, Carson Soucy, out of the national runner-up, Minnesota Duluth. And I apologize to Jim Madil if you're listening to mention the fact that Duluth was a runner-up. I wish Carson Soucy could have picked out that national championship in his final game as a senior with the Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs, but it just wasn't meant to be. The frickin' Freaking Denver Pioneers was able to win that game, and that sucks. But Carson Soucy, there's a big, strong physical defenseman. Can he bring it to the National Hockey League? Talk is that Nick Sealer was absolutely uh, outstanding in his development down at the AHL level, and that's good. He's a former golfer, and he's a big physical guy as well. Definitely a stay-at-home guy, only five points with the AHL's Iowa Wild. But again, his development, his learning, very quick, very quick study. As you heard from... Uh, folks down in Iowa. Really excited to hear how um, maybe Nick Steeler, maybe Nick Steeler surprises some people as there will more than likely be a defensive opening coming in here. That could spell the end for Nate Prosser and we'll see what happens with Folin. Uh, Folin was so good starting the season out and once he had that knee injury, never the same, couldn't seem to be the same guy and then off and on knee injuries again for the guy during the course of the season and he was not the same defensive stud that he was earlier in the year, and that's a crying, crying shame because Foling was so valuable when this team was playing so well. Um, man, so there it is. Uh, you're stuck with a lot of expensive contracts. Are we plateauing just like the Minnesota Timberwolves did when they made it to, was it seven straight postseasons and lost in the first round in all seven, and then finally eighth time was a charm because you got you got... You got tired of waiting, and you got aggressive, and you made some uh, risky moves, bringing in Sam Gasol and Latrell Sprewell. Sprewell especially helped the Wild Wolves get to the West Finals, and then by the next year, they didn't even make the playoffs because the chemistry on that team was a bunch of dodo birds that couldn't get along with their, their life dependent on it. Okay, it's not even that. They were just pissing on the Timberwolves for not giving them huge contract extensions. Whatever. Um, you guys were like 33, 34 years old, so I don't know about that. Um, well... I love what Eric Stahl brought to this team. He helped kind of shuffle the lines a bit, and it made this team much better, having Eric Stahl kind of stabilizing things, giving you that number one center, or unless you consider Coyle you the number one guy off and on, and you can move other players like Coyle and Granlin to the wing. Just made a huge difference for this team. Eric Stahl, a serious candidate for the Mike Madonna of the Year Award. Him along with uh, Mikhail Granlin, Dubnik would have been, and of course, uh, for me, the top three finalists leading into State of the Wild in June will be, <laughs> this is obviously a preview for that, will be Eric Stahl, Mikhail Granlund, and last year's winner, uh, Mr. Jared Spurgeon. So there it is. It's not going to be Suter. Big numbers, but nah, you know, inconsistent at times. And Suter was gassed, you know. Devin Dubnik was a shoe-in for it earlier in the year, but the significant drop-off during the course of the year, a consistent drop-off during the course of the year, definitely would prevent Mr. Devin Dubnik from winning that award. So, a lot to talk about here. This is my little press conference at the end of the season. It's like a semi, again, preview, appetizer state of the wild. But then again, in a lot of ways, it is kind of like, yeah, it's like the current state of the wild, and then we'll have the ongoing state of the wild as we move on into free agency and wrap up the Stanley Cup Finals in June. Of course, in between now and then, I'll mention any type of news, and we'll keep up with the postseason, this and that, because it's always fun to keep up with the postseason. But any type of news, maybe the team has decided to let this guy go. And, of course, we'll talk about the Vegas Golden Knights and uh, the newest uh, member that will be departing the Minnesota Wild and joining them in the offseason. Maybe it's Eul Erickson Eck. No, 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 it's not. <laughs> it's not It's not Martin Hensel either. So we'll just have to wait and see who that is. Pretty much covered what I was going to cover at this stage. Got a lot of stuff off my chest. So we'll stop there and we'll come back to brush over with a broad stroke over the postseason here, the awesome Elite Eight, you could call it, in the Stanley Cup Cup playoffs. back here on Brave the Wild. Who says we can't keep up with the Stanley Cup playoffs? Yes, the Wild are out, but might as well keep up with it. It's fun, I suppose. Um, we're, we're hockey fans, right? 
were wild fans first, hockey fans second, or hockey fans first, wild fans second. But ultimately, yes, we're Minnesota wild fans, but it's still fun to keep up with. And, you know, you have a rooting interest here and there. I guess I'm going to join with the Oilers right now because, you know, kind of fresh, new, and exciting. As long as they're not the next Blackhawks, that's my fear. Maybe they just might be. But, again, I mean, they, they have a little ways to go to get there. There's... They might have their Patrick Kane, they might have their Jonathan Taves, whatever you want to call uh, Connor McDavid. Maybe he's both in one, but uh, they're you know I mean they have pieces, they have pieces, but they're it's not two superstars. It's one superstar and some good players around, and a goalie who's generally good but has moments of going in the other direction. Uh, a team that I underrated going into the postseason would be the New York Rangers. Uh, pretty impressive win in the first round against the Montreal Canadiens. And you know what? They were a strong team all season, so give them credit. They were well over 100 points. They beat the Wild in the Exo Energy Center this year. Frustrating game for us. Uh, we went over there, kicked their ass, but then, you know, like Lundqvist had an icky, yucky game. And then you see Ranta in net when Lundqvist was missing some time, a little bit of injury. Maybe that's why Lundqvist stunk the first time around. And, uh, well, Ranta did a very good job. He's a very solid backup goalie that I think a lot of people could look at as a possible starting goalie. But the fact we gave... Devin Dubnik a quadrillion dollar contract and that goes on for six flipping years, five, uh, four more m- remaining on that if you can believe already two years gone. Man, time flies. But uh, Ranta could have been a nice uh, possible guy to pursue in the offseason as a starter. I don't think he's going to want to be a backup unless he's going to stay with the Rangers I suppose. Lundqvist isn't getting any younger uh, but Mr. Lundqvist very strong in a series against, you could say, the best goalie in NHL. He's one of them unless you call Holtby the best one in uh, Capital Land. Uh, but uh, a frustrating series for the Montreal Canadiens and a very strong, solid series for the very deep New York Rangers. In a lot of ways, the Rangers are kind of like the Wild, but better. They're kind of like what they're kind of like a more professional version of what we'd like the Wild to be. You know, like a more mature version, a grown-up version of the Minnesota Wild, where. There's there isn't like a superstar, but there's a bunch of good players. Like with the Wild, there's a bunch of good players. You know, there's a lot of good players. At least, you know, like you say, three lines deep of good players, and even the fourth line consists. I mean, can have good players if we consider Eric Halla one on occasion, which he wasn't this year for the most part. But uh, he shows flashes. Uh, Rangers very deep, very solid, very strong, and they hung in there. Good, strong defensemen. See, that's where they're a little bit better. You need a physical defenseman, and again, that's what I think the Wild need this off season. Uh, among God knows what else. I mean, the scorers hopefully can come via these these uh, the draft picks, the Cunnins, the Tucks, and maybe the Jordan Greenways, and of course, Carl Kaprizov. So you hope somebody like that is going to emerge. I mean, that's the hope. Is now I'm going to backtrack into the wild again. Is that because this is a wild podcast anyway? See, it's not like we can draft a Kane or Taves in the top three, which is where the Kane and Taveses were back in the day, and that's why the Blackhawks became a great team because they stunk for a little while and they where they stunk the right years where they were able to get the right guys rather than pick a guy third overall named freaking Cam Barker, which the Blackhawks did do, and he didn't work out, and then they were able to turn that into something a little better, thanks to Fletcher on that one. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, the hope is that somebody will emerge and be that hero, be that star out of these young guys. That's the hope right now, and that that's the only way to get out of this plateau is a Kirill Kaprizov and Alex Tuck, or a Luke Cunning. I think it's between Kaprizov and Cunning possibly becoming that that hero, so to speak, to lead this franchise. The Rangers don't particularly have that guy, but they're very strong. Henrik Lundqvist still looked down as the franchise goalie and everything, and he did a hell of a job against the Montreal Canadiens. And that could help the Rangers get to that Eastern Conference Finals. They will be playing the Ottawa Senators, who pretty much rolled past the Boston Bruins, if not for a little overtime victory in Game 5 on the road for the Bruins. But uh, again, the uh, Ottawa Senators strong at the end of the day. They're able to survive, get to the second round. I think the Rangers win that series, even though Ottawa will have the home ice advantage and all that, blah, 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 blah. Even the home ice advantage doesn't mean as much. I think the Rangers will face off against the Penguins in the Eastern Conference Finals. But I don't know. Um, The winner of the Penguins and Capitals is definitely going to the Finals. As much as I like the Rangers, actually, right now, I kind of like that team. And it'd be cool to see them get back to the Finals again. But um, I think it's between Pittsburgh and, and Washington going to the East, uh, winning the Eastern Conference. Just like last year, the winner of that series is going to go to the finals, maybe even win it. Are the Capitals ready? Because if they beat the Penguins, I think they might win the Cup. That's obviously what it's like. They're either going to lose in the second round or win the whole enchilada. Um, there's one team in the Western Conference that could beat the Capitals, and that's the Ducks, I think. Um, even though the Capitals 
capability of choking is very strong, and I think they're we're more than likely will choke to the Penguins in this series. I'm sticking with the Penguins in seven. Penguins would win Game Seven on the road in Capital Land because the Penguins won the Stanley Cup Game Seven on the road before. So the Penguins are not afraid of being on the road. They're not. Uh, it's no. They're they're no stranger to it. They would definitely host the East Finals against the Rangers. I absolutely am just just about convinced that is going to be the East Finals between the two. Penguins would then win that series in six, maybe, and go to the finals. But who knows? I mean, that Rangers team is pretty solid, pretty strong. I'd be very happy to see them get to the Stanley Cup final. Right now, can't see it. Nashville and St. Louis, two teams that are kind of that fresh, new, exciting thing, I guess, in the postseason. Kind of, sort of. Not really, but kind of. Jake Allen is the fresh, new, and exciting thing in St. Louis, where Nashville, it's more of their scores, and of course, P.K. Supan being what he is. The way they swept, and I mean crushed, the freaking Blackhawks, just crushed them. Like, they didn't even belong there. Now, by the way, Toronto showed a pretty nice, they had a pretty nice showing against the Washington Capitals in the playoffs this year. They ended up losing that series in six, and they lost in overtime, barely, again to the, uh, the, uh, Capitals, otherwise they would have gone to the seventh game and watch out there. <laughs> Toronto is going to be a great team soon. And you're going to see Toronto Edmonton in the Stanley Cup Finals one day, but not this year, apparently. Um, but Nashville, yeah, see, I, I had to backtrack. I apologize because I, I, I didn't want to skip over what Toronto's effort was in this postseason. They did a hell of a job, and they, they deserve to be mentioned. And they will be, maybe they're the next Blackhawks because they've got a lot going on over there. We'll see what happens. Um, maybe they're the next Penguins. I don't know. It is what it is. St. Louis, Nashville. Will Jake Allen continue things going? I, I think Nashville's way more likely to win that series. They killed the best team in the NHL, and that's the Blackhawks. Not the freaking Capitals. It's the Blackhawks. Um, they killed them. They just killed the Blackhawks. Just crushed them. Four games to zero. They beat them four to one in game number four. You figure the Blackhawks should stay alive, and they did not. Uh, Pekka Rinne has been playing, has been great in the net. It's it's all about Allen and Rinne here, but at the end of the day, St. Louis is a defensive type of team, kind of a stay-at-home, neutral zone trap style. Nashville's a bit more aggressive, and they are the Predators. They they play like Predators. Uh, Pierre Laviolette is a Predator boy. He's a perfect fit as head coach of that team. Again, the uh, Stanley Cup champion Carolina Hurricanes in 2006. Um, more than capable of getting the job done, of course, is Eric Stahl back in the day. Now you got uh, Mr. Forsberg there. A uh, Philip Forsberg, that is. I'm getting mixed up with Peter. I don't know why, but Peter, obviously, that's long ago now. Um, to me, Nashville's got to be the favorite, even though they're on the road. So what? Didn't matter. I mean, they just rolled right past the best team in the NHL in a place that nobody beats the Blackhawks in United Center. Nobody beats them there, but Nashville did. If Rene can be decent in that, Nashville's got that got the weapons to score on this. Uh, you know, I don't see Jake Allen continuing what he did against the Wild, and if he does, well, so be it. Maybe St. Louis can at least get to the West Finals. But right now, if I have to pick a winner in this series, it's got to be Nashville. I mean, they're brutal, man. They're really good. Uh, they will get to the West Finals. They're going to win the series in six at home. They'll close it out. They'll take a 3-2 lead and close that sucker out. They may even be up 3-1. St. Louis would hang on, win game five, and then close things out in Nashville to go to the West Finals. They'll be like the Minnesota Wild of 2003, get to that Western Conference, and they just might run into the same team the Wild did, the Anaheim Ducks. Right now, I have to favor Anaheim, even though I would love to see Edmonton win the series. I have to favor Anaheim at this stage, but this thing could go seven. I mean, Edmonton is ready. Um, despite the Sharks ha- having some pretty strong moments in that series, despite it looked like Cam Talbot was going to get the, his ass kicked, <laughs> despite that 5-0 game, Cam Talbot kind of settled down and got things done there. Only allowed one goal by the Sharks in the Shark Tank. Not bad. Um... And the Edmonton defense put the clamps down. They did a great job in beating the Sharks in six games. Pretty impressive, considering, again, the Sharks were not that bad in the series. They really weren't. They had some icky moments, but they, they were steady. They they weren't the same. They, they weren't on the same crappy uh, run that they were at the end of the year. Um, Edmonton is going to force a seventh game between Anaheim and Edmonton. We're talking like 3-2, three, 2-1 two, three to, uh, type of game between Gibson and Talbot. Ultimately, Anaheim, I think, will succeed, will survive a seven-gamer against the high-flying future of the Western Conference, possibly Edmonton Oilers. 
unless Chicago has something to say about that, and they probably will for a little while. Uh, but I think Anaheim and Nashville will face off in the Western Finals at this stage. See, I keep updating it as we go, and it's like, why not? That's how you go. Because now you have actual like matchups here. Nashville versus uh, Anaheim, I think that one is going to be extremely epic. An awesome series. Pittsburgh, by the way, would beat the Rangers in six. They will go back to the Stanley Cup final. They will play the winner, of course, Nashville and Anaheim. No crap, right? Uh, can Nashville keep it going, or is Anaheim the team of destiny? Right now, I still am sticking with the Ducks winning the Cup, unfortunately. I hate them. I hate them with a passion. They're an annoying team. Um, but right now, I think they're the most likely team to win the Cup, because mostly because I don't see Pittsburgh going back-to-back. As great as they are, I, I just don't see it happening. And if they do, good on them. Um, they're not the last team to go back-to-back, but they're the second-last team to do it, I suppose. And Detroit's the last one to do it. And we're talking 20 years ago. It's really tough to do. Uh, but right now, I'd have Anaheim in like 6 or 7 against Pittsburgh in the Stanley Cup Final. It'd be very close, very entertaining. Maybe Anaheim wins on the road in uh, Pittsburgh because Boudreaux's not the coach of the Ducks right now, so they'd win Game 7. They would win game seven. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I'm going with to this point. Only because, again, I don't see Pittsburgh going back-to-back, even though they, <laughs> they will be in the final. Yep, I, they're going to beat the Capitals. I think the Preds make things extremely interesting with the Ducks. They just might even go all the way. And man, that would be quite a story, though, if the Predators win the Stanley Cup. Uh, maybe they are that kind of team of destiny, like the, the LA Kings of this year put it this way, if they roll past St. Louis, like they sweep them and it's just dominant, like 4 nothing type of black, like they do to the Blackhawks, I will pick the Predators to win the Cup. Because to me, then, it's it's heading that direction. But we'll see. Let, let's give it some time. We'll, we'll talk about it in the next show. But if the Preds show signs that they are not letting up, they're going to be the, king, the Los Angeles Kings of 2012 all over again. I mean, they will be this year's version of the 2012 Kings. And that possibility is... It's staring me right in the face right now. Because, I mean, you consider what they did to the Blackhawks. If they can keep it up, watch the frick out for the Predators at this stage. To me, it's Anaheim or Nashville going to win the Stanley Cup this year at the end of the day over Washington or Pittsburgh in the finals, in my humble opinion. And it ain't going to be St. Louis, and it probably won't be Edmonton. And if it is, wow, Edmonton, amazing, amazing accomplishment getting past that deadly Ducks team. So there it is. That pretty much wraps things up. Uh, just going to give some shout-outs. And, of course, I want to give a shout-out to Merrick Skyba and, of course, Pavel Bunye. Just a great guy from the Czech Republic. Both of them from the Czech Republic. They have a wonderful, wonderful Facebook page and website, MNW Players, MNW Players. Look it up on Facebook. Click like and comment on there. And, of course, the website as well, where they keep up on everything for the Minnesota Wild, from Eric Stahl, Zach Parisi, all the way down to the AHL level. The, the AHL level, the ECHA ECHL, sorry, and they keep up with other prospects for the Minnesota Wild in college and in the Euro Leagues, uh, in the great abroad, in the great abroad, just like uh, Mr. Mr. Kaprizov and and Ulrich Danak when he was in Sweden and others. But it would have been Miko Koivu in Finland years ago as well, and he actually played in the Swedish leagues way back in the day. Did Miko Koivu, but that's so long ago. Merrick Skyba and Pavel a bit younger at that stage. <laughs> I was already a young adult then, but they weren't young boys back then. But no, that, that's okay. You know, young, they're the young up-and-comers. I'm the old Wiley veteran at this point. So wonderful website. Do click like and join that Facebook page. Don't forget to join the Brave the Wild Facebook page, though. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. At Brave the Wild for Twitter. Please give that a follow. Give the Facebook page a like. There's a phone line. It is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Brave the Wild. Do your statement, shout-out, comment, question, and opine. Keep it from one to three minutes or so, and plus there's a limit on the call to three minutes with that with that uh, phone line. The call now, there is a call now button, pardon me, on the Facebook page. Click on that, and you connect through Facebook Messenger. That way you can get on Regardless if you're from the United States or not, you could be from the Czech Republic, from Australia, Benny Allen, guys like that, Vince Germano, Tanae Brown, uh, anybody in Canada, wherever, more than welcome to call in. Chad Kostick would be nice to hear from you on the show. Just, it'd be cool. Even if it's just, hey, go wild, brother, you know, something like that. Just to hear someone else's voice with me on here would be pretty damn cool. Um, 
Jim Maddell from Duluth, Sarah Maddell from Duluth. We love you guys. Thank you very much. Hope, hopefully they listen. I don't know if they do, but the founders of Minnesota Wild Hardcore, one of the phenomenal Facebook pages out there, more than worth looking at as well. Uh, a lot of the, this information will all be in the show description, the phone line and such. One final way to get on the show is through uh, audio submission. You could use your, your uh, you could use Audacity, whatever, with your podcasting microphone. If you're maybe you're a podcaster or you just happen to have a microphone, and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. Same situation if you want to use your smart device with any free recorder on there. Treat it the same way as a phone call. That one could go longer than three minutes, could go five, maybe ten if you really, really, really have a lot to say. Just try not to be too crazy if you could. And email it again to paladinolive at yahoo.com. All this information will be in the show description. I want to thank you again for putting up my little rant there. Hopefully you didn't take it as I'm, oh, he's not a loyal Wild fan. Get the hell out of here. Because if you're thinking that way, screw you. You know, I've been following this team since they signed Steve Aronson. Yeah, the very first player. Since we drafted Manny Fernandez from the Dallas Stars in the, in the expansion draft. Since I saw a guy named Dwayne Rollison in the pipes in the preseason the, the next year. You know that? Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. Since I saw them draft a guy named Derek Bugard, what an interesting name. And man, he's big and, and he's a penalty. He's, he's a, unfortunately, he's going to be so popular. Guys like that. You know, Willie frickin' Mitchell. God, that was an awesome trade. Brad Bombardier, just a genius of a player. I love that man. Oh, I love Brad Bombardier. I wish he didn't get hurt so much. He was the, you know, he was like a kind of a poor man Spurgeon back in the day. He wasn't as short as Persia, but he was smart and he was solid. He wasn't as much of a scorer either, but just the intelligence, just high IQ. I loved Brad Bombardier as a player. And, um, boy, you can see why I have a, such a soft spot for Jared Spurgeon. I mean, he is just, he's my favorite player on the Minnesota Wild. Even though I love wingers and all that, I can't wait to see Luke Cunning. Hopefully, Euler Erickson that continues to develop in this league as we move forward. But, okay. Thanks again for listening. Please tell your friends about the show. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, any of that. Double Twist for the Android devices. Uh, that mirror iTunes, basically. That's basically what Double Twist does. It mirrors iTunes for your Android device. But then again, there's always Stitcher as well. Thanks again. Please do tell a friend. Rate this show on iTunes if you could. Give it a positive rating or Stitcher. And give a write, a write a positive review. It would be greatly appreciated. But until next time, I want to wish all of you to stay warm, stay dry, and uh, enjoy the sun if it's out. <laughs> if it's out. You get a lot of April showers around here right now. Um, and uh, talk to you soon.